Hello, 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 and welcome to my podcast, That Show Fucked Me Up. It is I, the beautiful, the talented, the funny, your host, Mariel Vizcarra. Cue in the applause. Yo, what is up, fucked up fam? Welcome back. Um, I'm literally recording the second episode of our third season right after, well, not right after, a day after I recorded the first. So literally, there's not a lot of personal updates. It's Sunday, 6.38 p.m. Um, I didn't do shit all this weekend. Do I feel rested? No, not at all. Am I ready for work tomorrow morning? Not at all. Is this what it feels like to be an adult? Yes. And it's exhausting. And I know most of you relate, but uh, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. Hopefully this podcast helps you relax. <laughs> I don't know if relax, de-stress, or does it stress you out more? Okay, I recently realized, or not re- recently, but I just, I, I came to the conclusion that I only, only like shows and movies and, you know, the type of genres that fuck me up. They're uh, therefore the name of this podcast and why I like shows, why I like the shows that I talk about. But I feel like I only like to be stressed out when I take, like, watch stuff. Like, if if I'm not stressed out, did I really enjoy the show or did I really enjoy the movie? Like I like to be in panic mode. I like my body to tense up and for me to be anxious while I'm watching this. Am I a masochist? Wow. I think I need therapy. I just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. But I probably do. Honestly, I feel like every grown adult should probably be in therapy. Um, I know most of us can't afford it. Maybe we'll be we'll will again well maybe I'll get sponsored by BetterHelp. That would be cool. That would be really, really cool. Uh, but I'm not. And you know, we're a pretty new podcast. Maybe later on we'll get more sponsorships. I just checked uh at how much money we're at right now, and I think we're at 63 cents, which is fucking crazy. We're almost at the one dollar mark, dudes. We're almost at the one dollar mark for <laughs> the money earned for uh you know my ad about anchor, so that's pretty cool, but Yes, where was I going with this? I literally have no... So, yeah, I just figured out that I like shit that literally uh, puts me in the uh, uh, fight-or-flight response. And there's another one. There's a third option, which is freeze. And honestly, I think I'm in that category. I've never been in, like, a a life-threatening situation or a situation where my life... (laughs) I was going to say... A situation where my life was threatened that's exactly what i just said right now. <laughs> or like a scary situation or somewhere where i was gonna say the same thing three times in a row i was like somewhere where i was threatened. <laughs> oh god you could tell that i'm exhausted and that it's sunday and i'm not prepared for this week but i really think that i would freeze and that's a really really fucking scary thought i hope i'm a i hope i at least get the fuck out of there you know i hope i i'm a I'm a runner or some sort. I don't think I should. I would be a good fighter, TBH. I feel like people might beat me up. But yes, I 
ranted already. Uh, so no more personal updates. On TV updates, um, so uh, a lot of like articles and I've seen a lot of tweets how Mike Flanagan is casting or has completed the casting for his show uh, on Edgar Allan Poe's stories called The Fall of the House of Usher. And oh my God, dudes. Oh my God, fucked up fam. I feel like we're going to see some of our favorites come back from the haunting of Hill House. And I'm so fucking excited. Like, okay, let me just give you uh, some names of people that are going to be coming back. Carla Gugino, we love. We love an icon. And that was Claire, a.k.a. Olivia from the haunting of Hill House. And she also came out in Gerald's Game. Um, so Henry uh, Thomas, who was uh, old Hugh. Was he old Hugh? Yeah. No, wait. Wait, no. I think he was young Hugh. Henry Thomas. Hold on. Let me just make sure I'm giving you the... Okay, he was young Hugh. My mistake. Uh... Freaking Kate Siegel. I mean, obviously, she's married to my Flanagan. We expect... At this point, I think I'm just going to expect Kate Siegel to come out in anything where Mike Flanagan's name is associated to that project because that's his muse. That's his muse, and he's going to continue to put her in all of his works. And I'm okay. I'm 110% okay with that because Kate Siegel is... I she's amazing she's a great actress she's beautiful she's fucking stunning dude how how are people just walking around being so fucking beautiful out in the world like i don't know i want to see a picture of her parents i don't know i don't know um but let's see who else uh raul coley uh i hope i'm pronouncing this right i probably am not he came out in midnight mass and then also in the haunting of bly manor uh, let's say what other names I recognize. Uh, Zach Guilford, who uh, came out in Midnight Mass, and also Robert Longstreet, who was Mr. Dudley in Midnight uh, in no, not in, in the Haunting of Hill House, but he also came out in Midnight Mass. So, dudes, I I don't know why I keep calling you dudes. I guess it's a gender neutral term. I can I call you dudes, all of you. <laughs> But fucked up fam, I am so excited for this project to come out. And maybe uh, in later seasons we will cover Midnight Mass and The Haunting of Bly Manor, of course. They're I I love both of those shows separately. They're so different, but then again, they they fucked me up. They fucked me up. Um but I guess that's it on TV updates. I recently saw a tweet. A tweet. I recently saw a TikTok because I follow this guy where he shares like movies, like kind of fucked up movies. And it's called The Forgotten or yeah, The Forgotten. And it's a Korean uh, movie and it's on Netflix. So I'll probably watch that soon enough. Of course, it's a thriller. Of course. You already know what type of genre I like to see. And... um. But speaking of TikTok, I recently ran across this profile by Lupita Aquino, and it's uh, it's um Lupita at Lupita.reads, and she has been recommending some books that fuck her up or like that fucked her up. 
And I'm screenshotting all of these book recommendations because if I'm going to be fucked up when I watch movies and I'm going to be fucked up by the type of shows I watch, I feel like I should start reading books um, that fuck me up as well. And I do. Okay, so when I was younger, I was an avid, avid fucking reader. I loved reading, of course. We all, most of us people that love reading started with Harry Potter and then we hopped onto the other, um, you know, what what is it called? Like... We hopped onto like the books that everyone knows, like the Twilight Saga, blah blah blah, the other vampire ones, uh, other shit. But you know, I just loved fucking reading. But as I grew older, and then I went to college, I stopped reading. Maybe I did like academia reading, like I had to read fucking articles for, for school. But I really want to go back to reading more. I just, I literally don't have the time. With work and the podcast and life and I. But even though I don't have the time or I feel like I don't have the time, I want to make an effort and make time for that because I feel like it's important. And I I need to start reading again. Uh, so if you have any book recommendations that or like any books that fucked you up, send them my way. I would love to read them. Um, so, you know, you already know what I like. You already know what I like. So just uh, DM me, call me, text me, email me, uh, send me a card through the mail. Um, whatever, whatever uh, rocks your boat. But I think I've already been talking for nine minutes. So I guess I guess uh, we could get started with episode two of clickbait it's called the detective um hold on i need to i need to clear my throat okay i've noticed that my throat gets really really like scratchy because of all the fucking talking i do (laughs) you see if i had a co-host this wouldn't be that much of an issue but i'm such a fucking control freak and i can't depend on anyone trust hashtag trust issues uh (laughs) it typical uh all the people that understand if you know you know uh but okay regardless let's get fucking started episode two the detective scene opens up with the police getting to the van and then the SWAT team approaching the van and opening the door and there is no one inside but it is clear that this is exactly where the videos of nick were shot Pia wants to know what is going on, and honestly, I don't know why she's there. That is not normal, or from my experience of just watching TV with, like, police and, like, cop shows and shit like that. Like, why would the victim's family member be present when they have no clue what's going to happen or if he's there or if he's dead or alive, you know? Like, imagine if Nick had been there and... the drama. The drama of it all. I don't agree with this decision, but I guess Pia, Pia is really stubborn. So maybe if they had still, like, pre- prevented her from going, she would have still made her way there. Amiri uh, so just goes up to Pia and lets her know that Nick is not in there and that they're conducting a full search of the area and tells Pia to just go home and get some rest. Pia tells him that that is not happening and she wants to know what is inside the van. Uh, so at the scene, there are a bunch of reporters, and one of the reporters called Ben is asking uh, Detective Amiri, 
in my notes, I put Dr. Amiri. Okay, we're giving him a different title. <laughs> uh, ben is Ben the reporter is acting Detective Amiri if he wants to give a formal statement, and Amiri just says that he can't comment. And we see that Pia is in the phone with her mom, and all the reporters are there. So it is just like a really loud, chaotic scene. Cut to Amiri and the rest of the police back at the station and their boss, uh, this lady, is saying that due to unusual circumstances of the case, they will be moving it from missing persons to homicide. And just a refresher, Amiri is the head of missing persons and the detective DeLuca is the head, the head honcho in homicide. The boss lady is saying that they need to get the, clo- the case closed ASAP and find Nick Brewer or the, kidnap- the kidnappers might follow through on the threat. Then DeLuca starts giving his team assignments, uh, and he does not give Amer- Am- Amiri an assignment, and Amiri goes up to DeLuca, lets him know that even though he's not part of homicide, he would still like to help. Then another policewoman walks in to inform them that Sophie Brewer is at the station, and the boss lady tells her to bring Sophie in. DeLuca tells Amiri to just, if he wants to help, to give Sophie a ride home once they're done, like, interrogating her or interviewing her amiri is upset and tells him that he knows the case but deluca tells him that that's all they need from him at the moment and ouch imagine you you have this huge case on your hand and it just gets it gets taken away from you and given to someone else and then cut to amiri in the restroom freshening up splashes some water in his face to calm down after this interaction with deluca uh, next, we see Amiri lingering as Sophie is being interviewed, and he checks his phone and it is going through Nick's Facebook account, and then he checks out uh, Sophie's account as well. Then uh, we see Amiri driving Sophie home, and it's awkward and silent. I mean, what in in this situation? What do you tell the wife of a missing man? You know, like you want to be professional, but you don't want to cross the line, so. Amiri at this point just breaks the silence by telling Sophie that they're doing everything they can to find uh, her husband. And that once they find the people that dumped the van, they'll find Nick. And Sophie just says that people are saying horrible things about Nick online and wants to know what the police is doing about that. Amiri asks if she's been directly threatened and Sophie says no. And Amiri just tells her to let them know if she does get threatened. When they get to uh, Sophie's house or the Brewer residence, there are a swamp of reporters outside and she can barely walk inside her house. And one reporter is asking Nick, is asking Sophie if Nick ever abused her. Miri walks her inside and there's a bunch of police, uh, like a bunch of police are also there. They probably got a warrant to go through Nick's things. You know, I know things because I watch CSI and Law and Order and <laughs> Criminal Minds and all those type of shows. <laughs> Ethan, um, so the oldest son is saying how they're calling the van uh, that they, you know, the SWAT team found, the kill van. And Sophie tells him to stay off the internet. Amiri is just there, like standing there, witnessing how the family interacts. And DeLuca walks past him and asks why he's still there. So DeLuca, you, we can tell that he's kind of an asshole. Like he, he's arrogant and, you know, he thinks he's so fucking cool because he's the head of homicide or whatever. And DeLuca, at this point, asks the family if he can borrow their phones. Ethan wants to know why, and he just responds that they might have some information. Amiri lets them know that it is up to them if they want to give, uh, you know, the police their phones, since, I guess, the warrant did not include that. And Sophie, uh, Andrea, uh, so, 
Andrea wants to know what will happen if Nick calls and they don't have their cell phones, and DeLuca reassures them that they will answer on their end. DeLuca asks Pia for her phone, but she says that her phone is at her apartment because she dropped it in the toilet. Then DeLuca asks if Nick uh, has a passport and if they can see it, and Sophie goes to look for it, but she can't find it. Andrea's kind of like helping Sophie, but not really. Uh, she's like, oh, when was the last time Nick used his passport? And Sophie says that it was when he went to Canada a month ago for a volleyball tournament. And Andrea suggests that she looks inside the suitcase. And Sophie, Sophie responds in frustration that it's not inside the suitcase. Honestly, just getting an idea of how anal Sophie is about everything, like taking off your, um, you know, your shoes once you get to like inside her house. And like Pia mentioning how... Uh, Sophie always makes them use coasters. I doubt that she would leave like a, a what is it called? A suitcase unpacked for more than a few hours when she gets back from a trip or her husband gets back from a trip. So I feel like she knows perfectly where every single thing is. So it's kind of odd that she can't find the passport. Um, so then uh, Sophie goes up to DeLuca and asks if they're suspects because it is insulting that they're going through their things and kind of a waste of time. That while they're digging in their garden, Nick is out there somewhere. And DeLuca just says that he understands her feelings and Amira notices Pia. Amira. Amiri notices Pia going outside and he follows her. Pia is smoking a cigarette and Amiri approaches her and Pia offers him one but declines and says that he's trying to quit. Pia said that she read somewhere that if they don't find a missing person uh, in the first 24 hours, the chance of finding them alive goes down by 50%. And she wants to know if that's true. And Amiri confirms that it is true. And Pia just asks to be kept in the loop, even when the information might be bad. Amiri tells her that DeLuca is leading the investigation now and that his involvement, uh, his involvement has been downsized. He goes up to Pia and tells her that things could change if there was a request from the family to have Detective Amiri uh, be the lead. And Pia asks if uh, she makes the request if he will help her and uh, Amiri says that he will do what he can. Pia tells him that she, like, she's like, I really did drop my phone on the toilet and that is why I never answered. And Amiri just responds that he assumed she had changed her mind and Pia replies, not yet. Ooh, a little flirty, Pia. We see Amiri is back inside the house and he's looking at each room and looking at the pictures and he hears a phone vibrate and a door close. He knocks on the on the closed door and walks in and tells Ethan that he heard an alert and Amiri notices an iPad and Ethan says that it's his dad's old tablet. Amiri asks or uh, if he can take it and that it might be useful in the investigation and Ethan says that he needs it to track the search. Amiri is confused by this and wants to know what Ethan is talking about. And Ethan shows him how there's this thing called neonicking that uses geocaching technology where people are searching an area and then mark it off in the map as search. Amiri is intrigued by this technology and Ethan just says that people are fucked up. Amiri wants to know why he thinks that why he thinks that if people are trying to help and Ethan tells him to read the comments in the app and they're all saying how Nick is probably dead by now and chopped off by and um, Ethan asks if he thinks his dad could have gone away and Amiri tells him that wherever um, he is Nick is fighting to come home and he wants to be with his family and Ethan asks Amiri if he can leave him alone and Amiri like agrees and leaves. Detective Amiri walks out of the house and the reporters are still there shouting questions, but he just ignores them as he gets inside the car. 
Amiri checks out the app in the iPad that he took from Ethan, and then it cuts to him showing the big boss lady how the app works. Big boss lady is not impressed by this and just says citizen vigilantes contaminating crime scenes. No thanks. And asks if Amiri has anything else. He shows her some text from Ethan to someone saying, Mom spent the weekend in bed while Dad was pretending everything was fine. And Big Boss Lady thinks that there's something Sophie is not telling them. Amiri takes a second and asks Big Boss Lady if she remembers uh, that he applied for homicide, like the homicide department last year. And she says that she does remember and that a lot of people want to be in homicide. And Big Boss Lady says that he must have impressed someone because the family requested him as the liaison. Uh, he walks out and the rest of the homicide detectives are discussing the case. And DeLuca is saying something about going to talk to Ma Matt Alden at the sports center. And then Mary says that he knows Alden's Alden so he can tag along. DeLuca asks how long he has been working and Mary responds that about 20 hours. And DeLuca tells him to go home and rest because they can't afford overtime. And Amiri obliges, but before he leaves, he hands DeLuca the iPad that he missed and mentions how his team missed it and then leaves. So he's like, mm, you, you forgot to search like all the areas in the house and I found it and you did it. Kind of like putting it in his face like, oh, I may be missing persons, but I'm doing my job. And honestly, 20 hours in one day? <laughs> I could never, I could never, bare minimum, um, remember, remember from last season, don't do great things because then people expect great things from you all the time. Bare minimum baddie right here. <laughs> um, and Amiri does not go home to sleep, but he starts using the app to search areas that might have not been searched by civilians yet. Amiri is walking through the woods with his flashlight and then he hears some rustling and encounters some teens and he takes out his gun. So before he even notices that they're teens, he takes out his gun and announces himself and the teens tell him that they were just looking for the guy and having some fun and he tells them to leave. So this is giving me like Pokemon vibes, like when the Pokemon app came out and everyone was out just like catching fucking Pokemons. But now they're searching for like a missing, like an actual missing person and just like searching like areas and then crossing them out in like this virtual map and next scene is Amiri washing himself and then goes to do morning prayers I looked it up and the sunrise prayer I'm gonna butcher it I'm so I'm sorry it's Fajar um and Amiri is Muslim and he's at a mosque afterwards we see him getting home and he kisses his mom and dad hello uh, uh, and his sister's also there and she tells him that they saw him in the news and they show him in the phone uh, They sh like his sister shows him the phone and it's like oh here you are like the news report video and saying how the police don't know how to handle this case <laughs> his dad tells him that they bookmarked it so they can watch it on the big screen later <laughs> I love it I love the thing about immigrant parents like they're just like you come out on the TV and they don't care what it's for but they're just proud of you <laughs> Like, the the news is literally saying how the police isn't doing their job, but they're like, we'll watch it on the TV later. We're so proud of you. <laughs> and his sister asks if he has caught who did this, and he just responds that he's working on it. And then she asks if he's in homicide yet, and he says again that he's working on it. His mom tells him that he deserves that promotion, and he mentions that it's all politics. And his mom says that it's because he's Muslim. And his duchess says that they're all very proud of him. And also, again, typical immigrant parent, we're proud of you, but you could do better. Like, <laughs> get to it. Get that, that position in homicide. 
His sister mentions how everyone at school is talking about Nick Brewer and how the case is being labeled a feminist revenge story. Um, speaking of feminist revenge stories, have y'all watched Promising Young Woman? Um, talk about a movie that fucked me up and... I recommended this movie to my friends. <laughs> let me tell you. Let me fucking tell you. If I and I already mentioned this in the beginning, I only watch shit that stresses me out, that fucks me up, uh, that puts me in a fight or flight mode, freeze too. So just tread lightly with my suggestions of like watching it. My friend was literally like, this movie triggered me so many times. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Like that wasn't my intention. You know, I just really like the plot. But yes, if you haven't watched Promising Young Woman, uh, what are you doing with your life? Uh, you want to sob your eyes out? This is the movie to watch. Um, so yeah, whatever. Amir receives a text from Pia saying that she needs to show him something. And he asks his dad if he still has that map of Oakland. And his dad goes to go get it. Cut to the Brewer house. And the big boss lady, Sergeant, is there. And Sophie is going to address the reporters to try to make an appeal to the perpetrators. DeLuca tells her not to be afraid to show emotion, and the boss lady tells her to be genuine, but not to censor herself. Sophie says that she's nervous, and Kaya approaches her and tells her that she will do great, and then she walks outside of the house. Sophie says, this is a message to Nick's kidnapper. You made a terrible mistake. Nick is not the man you think he is. He is kind, loving, gentle. He's a husband, a father, a son, a brother. Please don't hurt my husband. Please, we beg you. Nick, if you're listening, I love you. The reporter that had been not nudging Amiri for a statement earlier, Ben, yells out, Mrs. Brewer, do you think your husband is still alive? And she responds, I know he is, and walks back inside. Amiri's in his car outside of the Brewer house, and he's looking at the map, and Pia gets inside the car. She tells him that her phone was broken, but that she fixed it and how Nick left that voicemail Sunday night and she shows it to Amiri. He wants to know why she didn't show it to them earlier and she mentions uh, the police demonizing her brother and how she's showing it to him now. Amiri wants to know what stuff has been going on, like, you know, like in the voicemail, Nick mentions some stuff has been going on. And Pia says that she doesn't know and that she knows her brother is not perfect, but that the signs he's holding in the video are not him. Amiri asks if he can take the phone, and she says yes, and that she does not have a passcode. And Amiri confirms with her one more time if it's okay and she like to take the phone. And she just mentions that she does not have anything to hide and gets out of the car. At this point, Amiri is now showing Big Boss Lady the, vo the voicemail and how he thinks uh, Nick wanted to get something off his chest. And perhaps it was related to the cards he was holding. Boss Lady tells him good work, and Amiri lingers and brings up how before Nick Brewer went missing, Pia and him connected. And Boss Lady asks, as in fucked? Amiri says no, that they messaged each other in the dating app, but they never met up. And Amiri wants to know if it will affect his involvement in the case, and the sergeant wants to know if he's capable of being objective with Pia. And since he says yes, he, she tells her she tells him to get back to work. He gets out of her office and the homicide detectives start whistling at him and once one throws him a kiss and Amiri's like, what the fuck? But like, you know, he kind of plays along with it. And when Amiri gets to his desk, he notices that some of the pictures from his dating app profile, plus some of the other ones where his head was photoshopped into a super jacked up body are all over his desk. And someone says, swipe right. And another 
person calls him Woody, so his like profile name. DeLuca goes up to him, and Amiri asks if he did that. And then DeLuca has a sly smile in his face in response, just sharing information like a good cop should. Amiri asks him what his fucking problem is and if there's something about him that he doesn't like and to just say it. DeLuca stays quiet and Amiri goes on, I want to hear it. Big man like you? You can't say it out loud? How you feel about people like me? Fucking say it. DeLuca tells him, you're not a team player. You keep information to yourself and you're arrogant. You don't give a shit about your fellow officers who have all been working 24-7 since this began. And this case is all about climbing the ladder for you. And I'm a senior detective. You're superior. So don't you ever talk to me like that again. We clear? And dude, DeLuca is an asshole in my eyes, but the, deli the, de the delivery of these lines wow amazing they even made me feel like shit and i'm just a spectator like <laughs> like deluca at this point is literally all, and almost in tears angry tears of course and he's he's a frustrated crier just like me <laughs> and deluca tells everyone to get back to work and that nick brewer has now been missing for 48 fucking hours and amiri is just standing there in shock we then see Amiri in the restroom, punching the walls and breathing shakily. He returns to his desk and the other detectives are saying how they, they found the crime scene and they all leave. They get to the crime scene and there are already people going through the evidence, the CSI as you call them, and uh, how they found Nick Brewer's bike. The one he took to get to work every morning. And one of the detectives says that this this trail is on on his way to work and whoever abducted him must have known his routine yeah no shit uh there are tire marks and that they probably match the man and someone shouts that they got something else and they find a syringe and they think it's how he like how uh, the abductors were able to kidnap nick like nick getting injected with a tranquilizer of some sort Cut to Amiri getting to the brewer house and this random lady opens the door and Amiri asks if he can come in but she asks to see his badge before like she lets her in and then when she makes sure he is with the police she introduces herself as Ruby, Sophie's mother. Amiri informs Sophie, Ruby, Andrea and this other random lady that they know where Nick was kidnapped and that that will help them build the timeline of his day. We hear Kai and Ethan yelling at each other upstairs and Sophie mentions that they're going stir crazy because she's scared to let them leave the house. I mean, if I was a mother, I would be too like my husband just got kidnapped. I'm not I'm not taking my side out of my children. I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm paranoid as shit. Even you, if you've listened to the first season, I'm paranoid about everyone in my life. I love sharing locations with my friends with my loved ones i love knowing where everyone is because it gives me some peace of mind so just if i was ever in this situation uh i would be a mess <laughs> and the random lady who is there um is sophie's neighbor and ask if mary can do something about the news people outside and how in the morning she found one of them peeing in her flowers and she's like they were peeing in my astalias and shout out to my friend sally because that's her name <laughs> Uh, Amiri says that he will talk to them and th then ask uh, Sophie if she can talk to her in private. Cut to Amiri and Sophie outside and Amiri is playing the voicemail that Nick left Pia and Sophie mentions how Pia and Nick had gotten in a fight the night before and that she's just assuming that he wanted to talk to Pia about that. Amiri wants to know what the fight was about and Sophie just says, you've met Pia, haven't you? 
<laughs> so we all know. I, I we all know Pia is um she's blunt. She does not hold back. <laughs> and they sh- uh they like have like a chuckle and Amiri pushes a little more and asks Sophie if she knows what Nick meant when he mentions stuff going on and things we should talk about. And Sophie says that she doesn't know and then Amiri asks Sophie if she and Nick had been experiencing marital issues lately. And Sophie responds with a question and wants to know if Amiri is married. He says that he is and then Sophie says that he should know that all marriages have their issues. Amiri asks if Nick has ever had an affair, one that could have gone wrong, and Sophie gets upset by this question. She wants to know how asking those questions is going to help find Nick and that he should be out there looking for him right now. And Amiri asks if Sophie knows where Nick is, and she tells him that she can she can see himself out of her house. Amiri now goes to Pia's apartment, and he asks if she has a minute. Pia lets him inside and asks if he's tracking the geonicking app and that it's blowing up. Amiri gets straight to business and mentions how Sophie told him that she and Nick got into an argument the night before uh, Nick disappeared. Pia is confused because she doesn't know why Sophie would say that and Amiri wants to know what the fight was about. And Pia just says that it was about nothing and how it was bullshit. Uh, A voice from the background asks, Pia, mind if I have my saw back? I need to call my mother. And it's Pia's roommate. And Pia lets her know that she's still using uh, her phone to track the geonicking app. And then turns to Amiri and says, by the way, did you know my brother is a verb now? And the roommate just tells Pia, let me know when you're done. Amiri wants to know why Pia didn't mention the the fight before. And Pia wants to know if he's going to arrest her for not telling him. Uh, so she say, she obviously says it sarcastically. And Amiri is upset and says that he's trying to figure out what happened to her brother so that he can find him. Pia at this point apologizes. And then Amiri just, just says going there was a waste of time. And he starts to leave. Pia yells out that the fight was literally a dumb brother-sister fight. Pia explains that she and Nick have always been close, closer than most siblings, and how recently he had been acting weird with her, and she called him out on it. And that was what the fight was about. Amiri comes back inside and asks if she can think of anything out of the ordinary, and Pia sighs and takes a while to respond, and then she says how Nick came to her at work one day with bruising around his ribs, and how he thought he might have broken something. Nick uh, had said that he was elbowed by a basketball player while at work, but Pia found it weird because she didn't uh, want, like, Nick didn't want her to mention it to Sophie. Amiri asks if she thinks that they could have gotten in a fight, and Pia says, when we were younger, Nick went through some stuff. He was really angry, but then he got his shit together, and then he met Sophie. Amiri wants to know when Nick came to see her with the bruising, and she says that it was the day be her for birthday, so March 16th. Pisces. Amiri thanks her and says that this was helpful. Then Pia gets a notification from the app that says, found him. And she asks Amiri if he can drive. They're in the car and Pia is freaking out and she says that the app doesn't say if he's dead or alive. Amiri turns on his sirens and radios the station saying how he's heading out to Port of Oakland and how there has been a sighting of Nick Brewer. As they're getting there, Pia asks, what if he's hurt and if Nick can call an ambulance? When she gets there, there are already people at that location. And she goes towards where the crowd is and they're saying that they see something. Pia's hyperventilating at this point. And when she gets to the front of the crowd, she notices that it's a mannequin with a printout of Nick's face. 
Everyone is taking a, a videos of Pia and her reaction. She's in shock, obviously, and people are going on live, recording her, and she's just covering her face, and Mary helps her get back inside the car, and she's struggling to breathe and blinking away tears. Amir, uh, next scene, Amiri and Pia are just parked somewhere in silence. Then Pia says, Do you want to know what was the last thing next Nick said to me? He said to get out of my life. What if that's my last memory of him? Amiri just looks at her and says, We're going to find him. I am sure. And oh my god, I hate this about, um, you know, in police shows, movies, blah, 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 etc. Do not, do not make promises you can't keep because then just don't make promises you can't keep okay just you know it could have been worded differently like we're trying our best but i know he's trying to comfort uh pia in this moment of like his like literal insanity like who the fuck would do that you know make her believe that her brother was found um so at this point amiria drives pia home and she lets her know that they're done uh so Amiri lets Pia know that they're done with her phone and how he will arrange for her to get it back tomorrow and that he can go ahead and call her whenever if she needs anything or if she has questions, blah, blah, blah. She says things and gets out of the car. Matt um, Alden, so her brother's co-worker, is waiting for her and says that she wasn't answering her phone and that he was worried and wants to know what happened. And Pia just tells him that it has been a fucked up night. We then see Amiri, whose first name is Rashawn, by the way, but we're calling him Amiri, coming out of the mosque uh, from nighttime prayer, and I believe it's Isha, or that the prayer, like the time, because it's at night, Isha. <laughs> I might be mistaken, I got this from Wikipedia, but I'm just, you know, I'm trying to make sure I, I call this the correct name um and this woman calls out his name Rashawn, and amiri recognized her because he's like sasha hey sasha says look there's daddy to the boy she's carrying and amiri hugs the little boy and calls him a little monkey and tells him to give him a kiss amiri asks his son if he has gr grown taller and he says yeah and amiri asks sasha what she's doing there and sasha responds that she's waiting for baki Sasha wants to know how Amiri is and how his mom told her about the big case he was working on. And he responds that it, ha it is complicated. And Sasha says that it's all over the news and that when Arya, their son, saw him in the news, he was really excited. Sasha says that it will all work out and that he will finally get everything he ever wanted. He ever wanted. And then a man approaches them and says hello. And Sasha introduces him as Baki and tells Baki that this is Rashawn. They shake hands and Sasha asks if they can sw switch weekends next month because they have a trip planned with Baki and Amiri says that, it's, that it is fine. Amiri puts Arya down, uh, so his son, and just tells him, you know I love you, right? Always and forever. And then gives Arya a kiss. Sasha, Sasha just says, we'll see you Saturday th then. And he agrees and Sasha just uh, uh, asks uh, for him not to be late for the sake of their son. They leave and Amiri has tears in his eyes. We then see Amiri getting to his apartment and serving himself some cereal. And then afterwards, he starts marking up spaces that have been checked in the geonicking app in the map of Oakland that his dad gave him. So it turns out that when he got the iPad from Ethan, he was able to sync the information from the tablet to his phone, like to his personal phone. 
And since it was his dad's tablet, it was still picking up his information. And based on what Pia told him regarding Nick's uh, bruised ribs, he checks uh, his location history and notices that he was in a bar on March 16th. So the day that, you know, Nick went to Pia's work and showed her, showed her his bruised uh, ribs. The next day, Amiri is driving and he pulls up to the bar that showed up in Nick's uh, search, like location history. Amiri checks out the place and notices that there are cameras and the bartender just from the looks of it notices that he's a cop, even though he's like a plain clothes uh, cop, like a detective. I guess detectives don't have to wear like a cop uniform, right? I don't know. I have no clue. And Amiri wants to know how far back the camera records. And then we see the footage of Nick with another man. The bartender tells Amiri that he remembers those guys and that he had to kick both of them out. And Amiri wants to know why. And the bartender just presses play on the footage. And then we see the man having a stand up with Nick, like a face to face. And there were some pushes and then the man punches Nick. Amiri calls Pia and asks if she can come down to the station and she wants to know if they found something but Amiri just responds that it's nothing certain and how he would like to get her opinion on something and Pia just says that she will be there ASAP. We then see Ethan is texting uh, someone so I believe it was AL underscore 2005. Uh, and the person like AL2000 underscore 2005 responds that there's if there's any news and Ethan just texts back that everyone is clueless and then AL underscore 2005 responds to let him let uh, them know. Pia goes into um, Ethan's room and asks who he's texting and he says that he's texting a friend. Pia asks him if he's okay and he just says not really. And he asks her the same question, and she responds the same, not really. Next, we see Pia and Amiri at the station, and he's showing her the video. Amiri mentions how he's a person of interest in the case, and Pia asks, so if you find him, you find my brother? And Amiri says how they first have to make a positive ID, and then they'll bring him in for questioning. And Pia asks, so there is hope. Amiri says, I think so, and Pia just thanks him. DeLuca's on the phone with someone and he just says, chances are we're looking for a corpse anyway. And then he hangs up. DeLuca says to Amiri, Amiri, you got an opinion about everything. Everything. You think Brewer is still alive? And Amiri replies that the kidnappers might just be unsure of their next move. Amiri asks DeLuca, do you know how much manpower it will take to search all the unverified areas? And DeLuca mumbles, you and your fucking app. DeLuca shows him the map. Uh, so uh, Amiri shows DeLuca the app that he has been working on and explains that if they remove all the residential areas and all the areas with heavy foot traffic, that it significantly reduces the area that needs to be searched. And DeLuca asks, is there a reason you can't follow protocol? Protocol? Take a shot. <laughs> Were you dropped on your head as a baby? Amiri ignores the question and points to the area on the map and says that they should search there because it is remote and hard to get to. And DeLuca just says, if this turns out to be a waste of time, it's on you. Amiri replies, and if it works? And DeLuca says, you can't help yourself, can you, Amiri? We then see detectives walking through the woods and Amiri radios, radios that they need an ambulance on standby in case they do find something or someone. 
He then gets a geonicking alert that says, found him. And he has his flashlight and is looking around the area. And then a bunch of more notifications come into the app uh, saying the same thing, found him. Amiri sees some civilians and one of them says that is definitely something pointing to something like in the water. And then Amiri yells out, police, and they all scurry away. Amiri points his flashlight at the area they were looking at and he gets in the water and sees a body face down. He turns it around and it's Nick's dead body. We then see Amiri getting to Pia's apartment. He rings the buzzer and Pia says, yeah. And in a voice that completely gives away every emotion he's feeling, he says, it's Detective Amiri. Pia buzzes him in. And Amiri walks up the stairs slowly, and Pia is waiting for him at the top of the stairs. They stare at each other, and he just says, we found your brother. I'm sorry. Pia, without saying a word, back walks back inside her apartment, closes the door, and falls to her knees crying, and she hugs herself as she cries. Amiri lingers outside her door for a while. Cut to Amiri in the shower, crying as well. And if you know, <laughs> you know, we talked about it last season, just like that moment of defeat of just like, this is the only place I could cry in. Oh, my voice cracked. I'm sorry. I'm getting sentimental. <laughs> we see we now see Amiri get to the office the next day and the officers are all clapping for him and congratulating him. And the big boss lady says, welcome to homicide, Amiri. And then DeLuca says, back to work, time to find a murderer. One of the lady homicides, uh, homicide detectives tells Amiri that she's going through Sophie's socials, just crossing their T's, and Amiri volunteers to do it, and she lets him. Amiri's flipping through some pictures and notices a picture of Sophie and a man, and the man is facing away, so we only see um, Sophie's face. But the man's shirt has the same logo as the man in the video from the bar that punched Nick. And he goes to the next picture and it's a smiling photo of Sophie. And then we get a close-up of Amiri's face. End of episode. Fucking disclaimer before we get started. My dogs are in the same room as me. They're just vibing. They're laying down. But they're dachshunds. They're weenie dogs. They get triggered easily. If they hear a noise they don't like, these motherfuckers are going to bark. And they bark loud. So just an FYI. Um, but let's get started with our segment. Starting with that. that I was going to be that show. <laughs> that shit's traumatizing. Um. Can we talk about Amiri's reaction to seeing his ex? Like, I guess they're still married, but they're separated. I don't know. How does how 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 does getting separated in Muslim culture work? Do y'all have like maybe I should have researched it. I should have. I'm telling you, I'm a bad researcher. Is it like? Because for Catholics, if they get married through the church, y'all are married. Y'all are married for life. Like, you have to go to the fucking Vatican to get a fucking... Not an, it's not an annulment. There's a name for it. I don't know what it's called. I should know because I wrote a play and they, they got married through a Catholic church and they were trying to get divorced. 
but you have to like it's like a long ass process so is it just like we're separated but we're still married because we can't get divorced or what's the deal here because his wife is out here dating another man but besides the point irrelevant can we talk about his reaction this motherfucker looks so sad he looks so heartbroken to see like his wife and his kid with like you know, just living life without him, just going on, and I don't know, I think it's, honestly, I think it's, like, the age-old dilemma or question, it's picking work or picking family, and I think, as we can see, how hard and dedicated Amiri is, or Rashawn, Rashawn Amiri, I don't know, I feel like in the show, they start calling him Rashawn, like, by his first name, and I just decided to call him Amiri, uh is that an asshole move for me i don't know besides the point again besides the point irrelevant i need to stop saying that but okay so it's like either picking a career and focusing on it to give you your thousand percent and knowing that you're gonna put in the hours you're gonna work overtime you're gonna be at work most of the day and all and then there's this other side of like okay i'm at work but I'm still going to be focused on my family. So I'm not going to work as hard. Does that make sense? And I feel like this is like a moral dilemma for him because it's like, I love my job and I want to succeed, but I also miss my family and I miss spending time with my child. And that work was probably the reason that his marriage with his wife did not work out because he was never there. He was never there for them. And work always came first. Uh, another I'm t- okay I'm telling you there are a lot of fucked up things in this episode so bear with me Pia thinking her brother had been found oh my god okay I'm telling you this geo nicking app great idea great fucking idea but I forget and we all forget that there are so many fucked up people in this world who literally do not care if they hurt you or they hurt your feelings or they get your hopes up because she she's like okay they're saying that they found him and and um i don't know if he's alive or dead and they go and it's a fucking like mannequin type with nick's face on it the trauma First of all, the fucking trauma of thinking your kidnapped brother was found and then realizing that it was a nasty, horrible fucking joke that someone decided to play on you. Oh, and I'm just hearing the the cochera. What is it called? What the fuck is a cochera? The garage opening. So I feel like my dogs are going to bark. So just FYI. So yeah, I, I forget and we all do forget that people don't care about other people because generally I'm such a I'm such a nice person and also humble as you can see no but I would never never do something as cruel as that but there are people who will and it's just sad but it's something we gotta accept third fucked up thing so once Amiri finds that video of Nick fighting with this other man and he shows it to Pia and Pia says these three words that broke my heart like literally shattered it not shattered it shattered it shattered 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 it I hope bro I hope I'm not pronouncing 
I can't even pronounce pronouncing correct. Oh my god, take like five fucking shots at this point. <sighs> Bear with me, y'all. I'm I'm trying to pronounce things better. I swear to God. Uh, but sometimes I don't even notice I'm mispronouncing stuff. But Pia asking Amiri. So there's hope. Oh my god. Honestly, hope is a great thing sometimes. But hope can literally end you. It could end you because you get your hopes up and you think things are are starting to look up. Things are getting better. And then, as we all know, because we've gotten to this, we've gotten this far in the fucking episode. Things do not get better. And which leads us to our fourth most traumatizing shit. Amiri finding Nick's body and having to go to Pia's apartment. And I already told you once when I told when we were going over this part in the episode, his voice, it, the acting was so good because him just saying it's Detective Amiri gave it all the way. He did not have to say anything else for Pia to know, but you know, he just confirmed it by going up there and telling her that her brother had been found dead. The acting amazing, Amiri hot as fuck, but Pia finding out that her brother, her like com- her life companion, her the person she loved the most, even though they fought, even though they fought, fucking finding out that he was dead, and just everyone has been there the same way that everyone has had that shower scene where your whole life is falling apart and you can't help but just like sob in the shower everyone has had that point in their life when they literally fall down to their knees and cry and oh my god just remembering Pia holding herself like she was like hugging herself like kind of like a self comfort comfort (laughs) self-comfort type of thing that you do when no one else is near but you need to be held and Pia was doing that and it's like (laughs) literally literally heartbroken and I I also forgot this other uh heart uh, like (laughs) traumatizing thing um Pia confessing to Mary that the last thing that Nick told her was to get out of his life and now he's dead and he can never take that back again again we keep getting this uh recurring theme of saying things that you don't truly mean but that you feel at the moment and it's like once you say those things you can never take it back and if something happens to you and you die or i don't know some other scenario where you can't take that thing back or that those words back that person is going to carry that guilt for the rest of their fucking life. So let's just be fucking mindful of our words. Let's not be an asshole. Like you already know. Don't be an asshole unless you have to be. We have gone over this for countless amount of times. <laughs> and I know y'all are an assholes. I know my listeners are good people. My 10 fucking listeners. Speaking of that, because uh, of the a- uh, the advertisements, we have gotten to 93 cents. Wow, iconic. 93 cents because of the ads on my podcast. <laughs> I mean, something is something. I am grateful for everyone that has been here. Three seasons already. That shit's crazy. 
well i mean we're we're in season three obviously but that shit's insane uh but moving on to our that shit's heartwarming segment uh mm, i struggled to find a heartwarming scene in this episode and that is saying a lot I legit, at first, I was like, there are literally no heartwarming moments in this episode. What the fuck am I going to do? Well, you know, the segment, what am I going to say? But I guess, I guess I found two, kind of, that are heartwarming. Um, Amiri with his family, it's just like they're so genuine like he like you could tell how much love they have for each other and it's like this whole immigrant family you know they care about each other they want them to succeed but again with like immigrant family values like you could do better like I mentioned in the episode but it was just really really nice to see this brown loving family portrayed on screen because we don't really get to see that a lot honestly we're really they were really thinking about it we don't get to see that as much as we should because there are so many types of families like this in the world so I feel like mm, a little bit more portrayal um I was gonna say yeah a little bit more portrayal Netflix uh do your fucking job uh but yeah I I really loved it no but I take it back Netflix is actually doing a pretty good job of putting more uh portrayal for uh just minorities Again, with the whole Brewer family, they're a mixed family. Nick is white, Sophie's black, and I love it. I love seeing. I just love seeing genuine families because this is this is real life. Families like this exist, so way to go, Netflix. Uh, but as immigrant family says, you could always do better. <laughs> and also. Another heartwarming thing, and it has to do with Amiri, of course, the episode is literally called The Detective. Um, Amiri going to the mosque, just like morning prayer and um, also at night. It's, I don't know how to explain. I'm not very religious. I was raised Catholic. I go to church once in a fucking full moon. Uh, But. I really respect people as adults that, you know, religion has helped them through things and they still make time for it. And I appreciate that. I I respect that. I really, really do. I might not be that type of person, but, you know, I take off my my hat for those type of people that can that can do that. Um, So, yeah, it was really just like the fact that this is this man has been working 20 fucking hours and he was like, oh, you know what? I need to go to I need to go to the mosque I need to go for a prayer time um so it's kind of but at the same time I'm like shit this man couldn't make time for his family but he could make time for prayers ask <laughs> the fucking dilemma the fucking dilemma that we're faced with but yes those were my two I guess heartwarming moments in this episode I tried I tried my best, fucked up fam. Give me some fucking credit. I swear to God. Okay, but last thoughts. Do not, do not tell a victim or a victim's family member that you will find the people that hurt them, took them away from them. If you, you can't, you can't guarantee that. Like Amiri telling Pia that he, that they were going to find her brother. And now her brother is dead. And then we get that, that shower scene where Amiri is sobbing and it's like 
like I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't be true to my word. So if we could take anything from this episode is that don't make promises you can't fucking keep you. Do not. Uh, I know sometimes we, we try to be good people and it's just like, oh, like this is going to happen. Everything's going to be good. Everything's going to work out, but sometimes shit doesn't work out. It's a reality. And the sooner we accept that, uh, the sooner, I don't know. I honestly don't know where I'm going with this, but yeah, just, I don't know. Please, please disregard. Uh, also, mm, now that I think about it, bare minimum baddie is a great t-shirt idea. <laughs> and I mentioned it in the episode where it's like, twenty, like when I was making fun of fucking Mary working 20 hours, like, mm, no, I'm a bare minimum baddie. Uh, as Mayor mentioned, why do something great? then people expect that shit from you all the time and who the fuck has time to be great all the time not i not me and not you no we were not gonna put that pressure on us Mm -mm. so if you like the idea uh it's trademark now by me right now as i'm talking do not copy bare minimum baddie for me or i will fight i will pull up send your location i will fucking fight you uh, I might not win, but at least I tried. At least I tried. Oh, my God. Why? I can't pronounce anything today. Wow. I'm sorry. I English is not my first language. Langu- <laughs> language. Language. There you go. Um. So, yes, we have gotten to the end of our episode, yo um oh wait wait no no i forgot to mention something i guess this is type of kind of heartwarming but kind of not amiri getting into the homicide department because he was able to solve this case it's kind of bittersweet it's super fucking bittersweet and it's like yeah welcome to the homicide department everyone's cheering him on everyone's clapping and then it's like let's get back to business and the only reason gets to join the homicide department it's because he found nick's body oh but yes i'm i feel i'm proud of miri for his accomplishments and you know he worked the fucking case he worked the case and found leads and he was a great fucking detective i'll give him that i'll fucking give him that but yes we've gotten to the end of our episode finally uh episode two of clickbait the detective starring aka uh hottie uh hottie woody aka amiri aka papi amiri ah, just kidding uh but you already know the drill follow us on social media uh on instagram where that show f me up f is spelled e-f-f-e-d on twitter where that d-a-t show fuck me up fuck is spelled without a u so it's f-c-k-e-d um leave us a five star leave me leave me a five star review on apple Podcasts. leave me a five star review or the podcast uh on spotify uh subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts i one of my goals for 2022 is to get more exposure to that show fuck me up so if y'all have any tips or if y'all want to help me out in some way, hit up my DMs. I would really appreciate it. I am brand new to this podcasting thing. I'm really enjoying it. It's been a hell of a fucking ride till now. So I feel like 
maybe I'm just fucking full of myself, but I feel like people might want to listen to the podcast as well. I feel like I have interesting things to say, and everyone loves TV shows, especially the ones I'm covering. So let's get more exposure for the podcast this 2022, manifesting the shit out of that right now. I want it. I got it. Like Miss Ariana Grande said. So as we always end the podcast with, be gentle, be kind, and don't be an asshole unless you absolutely have to be. Oh, and be a bare minimum baddie. Goodbye. Thank you.